It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Aha, ha, ha, ha. Yeah! What it do, baby? Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 771 of Locked On Raptors. I'm your host, Vivek Jacob. This is the Locked On Raptors podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Raptors, where you can find every single episode. There's plenty more if you're interested as well, as each of the other 29 NBA teams are available on the Locked On Network and teams from the other major leagues as well. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, as that is an important part of us being able to do what we do. For today's episode, I am joined by the man, the legend behind a lot of the Raptors videos you see online, host of the Yo Sticks podcast, writer at the Sticks exclusive, and now even contributing to the Toronto Star. You may know him better as Mr. Sticks on Twitter. It's Jordan Hills. What's happening, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate that intro. Uh, It's a great day to be a Raptors fan. Imagine not being a Raptors fan. I'm just saying all that right now. (laughs) yeah 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 how can you complain man the first ever sweep in raptors history uh it's been a long time coming i believe this is the 20th playoff series that the raptors have played so there it is the first one the first sweep the focus for today though is the series coming up raptors and celtics it's been something that's a long time coming man Jordan, you're one of the OGs on Raptors Twitter. What are your first thoughts? My first thought is that I'm very excited about it. This is a series that I've been waiting for for a long time. For as long as I've been a Raptors fan, I've hated the Celtics. Um, Well, I hate all Boston sports, but that's pretty (laughs) much because, you know, living in Toronto, that's kind of the prerequisite if you're a Toronto sports fan. Um, But this is something that, you know, I'm very excited about because all the hype that the Celtics have got over the years, like, you know, the young talent, the young core, you know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. you look at, you know, Brad Stevens being championed as this amazing stellar coach that everybody just thought was like the next Phil Jackson. He was basically christened as that when he came into the league, this young protege. But then we have the coach of the year, Nick Nurse, who was just crowned that yesterday. And I just want to see that chess match you know what i'm saying stevens against nurse and then their core against our core and everything else and it's just it's just it's very exciting to see it's very exciting oh yeah absolutely now before we get into everything that's gone down this season and what the matchup should have in store for us i want to look back at some of our favorite raptor celtics memories obviously there's a reason why we're so amped up for this series there's been a lot of time it's kind of crazy that this hasn't happened yet mm-hmm. and so what are what are maybe uh you know a couple uh two or three of your favorite raptors celtics memories 
Uh, okay, so one of my favorite memories was last year uh, when, like, the first Raptors Celtics match when we had Kawhi and Danny. Uh, mm-hmm. That was an important one because just like, all right, this is gonna essentially set the tone for what the the year will look like within the division, and that was an amazing game overall. But especially at the end, the double block on Jason Tatum, oh, Danny Green, and Kawhi Leonard. That was when it was. That was the holy shit, we have both of them moments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, I remember DeMar DeRozan had so many big games against the Celtics because he was just, he could just score at will against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there was one particular game when we were playing in the, in the Huskies jerseys, and I think he dropped 40 or something like that. And it was just an amazing game. And yeah, that's actually one of the games uh, that's one of my favorites. So that game was the 2016-17 season. Yes. It was uh, right after the trade deadline. The Raptors had acquired P.J. Tucker. And this man talked about how he literally could not sleep, could not wait, uh, and just played the game bottled up Isaiah Thomas. There was that play at the end of the game where he just grabbed the ball from Isaiah, like stealing candy from a baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, DeMar had 43 in that game, 15 of 28 from the field, 12 of 12 from the free throw line, five rebounds, five assists. And P.J. Tucker, he had seven points, uh, nine points, 10 rebounds, and three steals. And Serge Ibaka, that was like his first big game, too, because uh, he came over. That's right. Uh, and he had 15 and 7. And I remember him having a little dream shake move too uh, on Horford. And that was a really, really fun win. Yeah. And the thing is, just like I remember, you know, one of the reasons why I hated the Celtics for a long time is because of Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce would always mm. terrorize the Raptors for years, right? So the fact that we got to be big brother. Uh, for the Celtics over the past few years, it's just like all right, that's that's what gave gave me um, more confidence against against them, and yep. which kind of fueled the I guess the regular season rivalry there, um, and that was that was something that gave us more of an edge, especially when it came to like you know how we would compete in the in the playoffs, but at the same time we know how those results came out, but. Uh, it was still great that we got to bully on the Celtics um, for the time that we did. No question. Another game, I, I don't know if you remember this one. This is this is going way back. Uh, January 23rd, 2008. So mm. this was when the Raptors went to Boston. Believe this or not, they shot 58% from the field. 71% from three, perfect 19 for 19 at the free throw line, and they beat Boston by two points. The The biggest thing I remember from this game was there was a play where the Raptors are about to inbound the ball, and KG is all up in Jose Calderon's face and just yapping at him and yapping at him, and Jose comes down the court gets an assist for a three-pointer, and then he's barking at KG, telling him to go sit on the bench because it's the end of the third quarter. So I don't know if you remember that at all. I um, don't. Actually, I don't remember that game. I'm trying, I'm trying to replay that into memory, but I don't remember watching it. 
that was a super fun win because this is obviously right after uh, the Celtics became the big three. They went on to win the title, but uh, it was just a fun moment for the Raptors. And and that's that that speaks to how far the Raptors have come, right? We it, Back then, it was just about having those fun moments in the regular season, whatever. You just enjoy the little bit that you can get. But now, now it's about the big time. Yep. It's about the, that. That's the that's the only that's the only perspective. That's the only vision that we have right now. It's just like it's more elevated. It's it. Like, and I felt that when we came into this into the regular season, it's just like, listen, we're not we're gonna go through the regular season, whatever. But the main focus is the playoffs, and we knew that from game number one. And I know they take every game seriously and whatnot, and just a matter of like, all right, how can we figure out all this stuff to all of this, um, all of these scrimmages, as they would call it, to get better. And I think that is a carryover of the mentality that Kawhi brought because he had the, the infamous quote. It's like, it's basically 82 practices. So to see that um, still be ingrained in the DNA and in the mindset of the team, you really see it playing out in the playoffs now where it's just like, all right, now we're going deep in the bench. Now we're really throwing our defensive schemes at you and you're really seeing the full assault of what we can bring to you one down through 15. And that is a scary thing that I think a lot of people are overlooking when it comes to just the simple leadership and attitude that this Raptors team presents that we haven't seen in any team before. You know what I mean? Any Raptors team, I should specify. Oh, no question. It's just a very calm, soothing experience watching the Raptors now. And it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. The Raptors are doing that. But luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else, CBDMD has to offer they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com promo code NBA for 25% off now Jordan before we move on to you know this series right now I just want a quick shout out Vince Carter's buzzer beater in Boston because that was a classic moment that I never saw Obviously, I've only seen it, you know, in highlights and on YouTube and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that was obviously a crazy moment in, in the Raptors-Celtics history as well. Vince really gave us so many moments, you know what I'm saying? And I think that with his retirement, I hope that a lot of, like, you know, Raptors fans that are pretty much new um, can – utilize this opportunity now that he is retired to go and really understand that before he was the villain that we kind of painted him as when he left and how that whole trade situation went down he was a gamer you know what i'm saying like he was the guy like he was the star you know what i mean and 
there are a lot of moments that he provided for us and it, it's it's really countless how many that he provided yeah man totally and going into this series i think the fun part of what we're going to see is the question of who is ready to be the guy right, right? you've got pascal siakam with the raptors you've got jason tatum with the celtics and there's so many different narratives that you can follow with this series but for you you know what were maybe your expectations uh of both teams if they were to meet uh before the lockdown and how have maybe things changed since watching them play in the bubble um before the lockdown I already anticipated that it was going to be a very competitive uh, series, and it's a series that I wanted. I wanted us to play Boston because of all the talk. But like you know, yeah, we, we didn't have, we didn't go through Boston. We haven't we hadn't seen Boston in the playoffs at all, and because of the fact that we had like you know, relatively young teams, um, and matchup wise we were pretty similar i wanted to see how that would play off in the postseason i didn't just want to have you know three or four games in the regular season right so before like my my thoughts before and after shutdown um you know boston hasn't really presented to me anything that is really scary that can be sustained over four games now, mind you, they did handle their business and they did show out against the depleted Philadelphia 76ers because that is a whole nightmare in itself. But at the same time, what Boston needs to understand is that if we do, if we have all of our guys relatively healthy, right? So we have Kyle, given like you know what his situation is, which we'll get to later, but we have a Fred. We have Pascal. Pascal is going to have to step up, make uh, better decisions and make big shots and tough shots because at some point he's going to have to go toe-to-toe with Jason Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. They also have a Jalen Brown, very capable scorer. They have Kemba Walker, very capable scorer. But the thing is, we're going to be sending a lot of bodies at Boston. When we played them in the bubble, Nick Nurse didn't show his hand. We didn't make shots and we had a lot of good looks. They hit a lot of shots. So we got blown out. That's fine. I was able to like you know live with that loss. But when you really look at it strategically, what Boston went through with the Philadelphia 76ers is going to be a complete 180 to what they're going to go through with us. Brad Stevens knew that because Brad Stevens, after the blowout win, said, yeah, this win is not going to mean anything in a couple of weeks. He knows that. He's a smart guy. He's a very smart coach. And he knows that Nick Nurse is a madman. The entire NBA knows that he's a madman because Nick Nurse just won Coach of the Year, voted by the media in a landslide. So everybody knows what he's capable of, right? And then you have to contend with our bench. Our bench just dropped 100 points in a playoff game. I don't care if it was against the Nets. It's a playoff game. You know what I'm saying? It's still an NBA team that you did this against. So you have to contend with Serge Ibaka coming off the bench, a Terrence Davis, a Norman Powell who's playing out of his mind like he remembers that he is the Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the whatever consecutive week since they stopped tracking it, (laughs) since the shutdown. So... There are a lot of pieces that Boston is even missing. They don't really have great bigs. So when you have those holes there, what, you're going to have to throw Theus and Cantor at Mark and Serge, and Boucher might even get run? So you really never know. But I am more confident 
playing against Boston because, yes, I know that Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen Brown are very great scorers. I mean, I don't want to say great. Jason Tatum is he has the potential to be a great scorer. Like he is an efficient scorer. When when he's going, he's going. But at the same time, you could throw bodies at him and really bother him. You know what I'm saying? If you have to if you if the Celtics have to rely on Marcus Smart and all their other pieces to get them buckets, then they're not going to beat us four out of seven times. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's where I think about Fred's quote about hey you know, at the end of the day, to take four games off us is going to be very difficult. Like yeah. the Raptors aren't going to hand anything over to the Celtics. And I feel like with Boston throughout the regular season, and I think we saw it, even though they swept the Sixers, I think we saw it for stretches in games where I don't think they have quite the cutthroat approach that the Raptors have. And I think that is something that the Raptors learned over the course of their championship run. I don't know if you learn it outside of that. And so I think that's going to be an advantage for the Raptors. And again, going back to Gordon Hayward's injury, the way the Raptors like to defend with their constant sort of swarm and scramble mode, Mm -hmm. someone like Hayward, who in addition to Kemba and Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, he really helps the Celtics sort of negate when the Raptors go into that because it's another ball handler. It's another guy who can make shots from the mid-range. But now without him, Kemba and Jason Tatum are going to be the two guys that are going to be handling in the pick and roll. Uh, And then after that, you know, you're looking at Marcus Smart. Uh, Jalen Brown hasn't been efficient in the pick and roll all season. Uh, And so back to what you said, Pascal Siakam, he is likely going to have Jalen Brown defending him. Uh, that's what we saw over the course of the regular season. I don't think that's going to change. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's going to be possessions, obviously, where they switch, and Jason mm-hmm. Tatum's going to be on him. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's going to be Jalen Brown. And that's where I think Siakam really has to take advantage. We, we saw him have a really good game uh, in Boston. Even though the Raptors lost that game, he had 33 points. Uh, it was really solid. And so I think, again, him sort of setting the tone with his aggression. Uh, you know, one thing I wrote before the postseason uh, was, was looking at the way Pascal sort of uh, creates his shots over the course of the fourth, four quarters. Uh, he, he takes a lot of threes early, and then as the game progresses, he gets more and more aggressive. But I think, especially in a series like this, and frankly, just going all the way down however long they're in the postseason, it's, it's got to be, that, that aggression has got to be there right from the get-go. Uh, he, he's got to be trying to get, you know, guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in foul trouble uh, as quickly as possible. Obviously not forcing the issue, right. but attacking, uh, that attacking mindset where, hey, I'm going to come at you. If you, if you. if you take away what I'm trying to do, then, hey, I'll kick it out and we'll keep it moving. But if not, you know, just make sure that you're making them work on the other end as much as possible. Absolutely. And that's, that's really the key. Like, I feel like um, there was a bit of passive play with, uh, with the broken series on Pascal's end. And where I started to see more of that confidence uh, grow was the second half of game three 
when he started like really finding his legs, getting his stamina, attacking the guys, like really putting his body into their chest and getting those tough layups, right? Or in those tough baskets and mm-hmm. not just settling for mid-range jumpers. And then in and then game four, where he was really pressing it, like he was really in the pain. He was backing down the guards. He was getting those mismatches and he was taking advantage of them and getting strong buckets, getting to the line, you know what I'm saying? And he needs more of that because Boston they're still a well-coached team at the end of the day, right? And they still do have talent on there. Now, when it comes to 1-15, to there are similarities, but I give the Raptors more of an advantage because we have a lot of battle-tested guys. You know what I'm saying? The Celtics have not been as battle-tested as we have, especially if you look at last year's playoff run, going through Orlando, going through Philadelphia, going through Milwaukee, and going through Golden State. Now, yes, they were missing KD. They're still going to State Warriors, period. You know what I'm saying? And to go through all of that, having that experience, and now bringing that into a second, you know, uh, playoff run with those same guys, like, it is – people are underestimating that experience from last year and all that knowledge, soaking in knowledge that was given from, from observing a Kawhi Leonard and his demeanor and just how he approached – you know, the game and the two guys that are very key and will be uh, big X factors uh, against the Celtics will be OG Ananobi and Norman Powell. Because it seems like nobody really has answers for Norman Powell. The Nets had no clue what to do. They had no clue what to do with Norman Powell. And as as much as, you know, Marcus Smart is, you know, a, a, a really good defender, you're going to need like three Marcus Smarts on the floor. You know what I mean? Because if you have to contend with Fred, Kyle, OG, Pascal on the floor, and then you have to contend with a Serge or Mark, and then you have Norm coming off the bench, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I anticipate they're going to throw up a bunch of traps. They'll probably do man-to-man, probably play zones. But we can break those things. You know what I mean? And for Pascal, this can really be an opportunity for him to go from good to great. Uh, in terms of being a playoff performer. Now, yes, I am of the crowd that says that the expectations for Pascal, as much as, you know, everybody wants to leap him into, um, you know, the tier that he needs to be a 25 to 27 point scorer, like immediately after Quiet left. People, listen, that is something that was going to take time anyways, and I still feel like there is more experience to be done. And, you know, obviously with him not really picking up a basketball a, a lot through throughout the pandemic and the shutdown before uh, we restarted, yeah, that is definitely uh, taking a toll, but he's still funny his legs. And Pascal knows how to work. He works hard, and you see the results, you know what I'm saying? From the G League to getting into the starting lineup and then, you know, becoming the most improved player to dropping 32 points in game one in the finals last year. Like, that is not on accident. That is because that comes strictly from hard work. And I trust Pascal to continue putting in the hard work. And because Nick Nurse challenges all those guys, especially Pascal. You know what I'm saying? So I think that this is going to be a very important series for Pascal, and I think that he's looking forward to the opportunity because I'm sure he hears the chatter, but but in, in that same vein, look at the leadership on the team. 
you if if you are on a team with a coach like Nick Nurse, with a leader that is Kyle Lowry, and then with a young leader like um, uh, Fred Van Vliet, and also a, a Serge and Marcus O, who have been in the playoffs for a long time, so they know the experience, they know the grind. Having all of that experience collectively, that is why I give us the advantage over the Celtics, because we have more of that combined playoff experience that can overmatch whatever talent that Boston presents. That that is my theory, and that's why I have so much confidence. That's why I'm not scared. People are scared of off. People are really just scared of offensive production that the Boston Celtics present. That's fine, but they still have to play defense. They don't play defense great. You know what I'm saying? And when yes, I understand that people are like, oh, we don't have like you know that prime score. You need that prime score. You know, in the playoffs, that's absolutely true. But again. Our bench has dropped 100 points. I'm not saying that we're going to do that every time, but we have a strong bench, and guys know how to score. You know what I mean? Like Chris Fouché and Matt Thomas and Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka. There are a lot of guys who can come off the bench and give you buckets. So that's why I'm not worried about it. If anything, Boston should be worried that they don't have enough to keep up with the Raptors when we get on runs. You know what I mean? So... Um, man, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to it. And I think that this is going to be a very important series. Pascal knows it. OG Ananobi, I know that he's salivating as well, just because mm-hmm. he never got this opportunity last year. He was out for the whole playoffs. So he's going to take advantage of all the minutes that he has. And at the same time, he's going to throw a lot of fits to a lot of guys because when they have to switch and you go, you're switching from OG to Pascal or vice versa, or you're switching, uh, Fred Van Vliet, OG, Kyle OG, like it's just gonna be it's gonna be a problem. They're gonna get frustrated a lot. You know what I mean? And nothing is gonna be easy for the Celtics in this series. It's not gonna be easy for us, but at the same time, it's not it's especially not gonna be easy for Boston. And people need to really understand that. This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Yeah, Jordan, I think you hit on a couple of really important points there. One, you know, when people talk about, oh, Pascal has to be a number one option and has to be this type of offensive force and this and that, we're all basing it on what we've seen before. But to me, this is a very unique Raptors team. I don't Mm. think we've seen this type of offensive prowess before. And again, you think about before the season, everyone said, oh, no way the Raptors can go uh, back-to-back without a finals MVP. No way mm-hmm. they're ending. Some people even said they can't even make the playoffs. Uh, but 
again, they're basing that on a sample size of zero. Kawhi was the first finals MVP to leave a team right after winning a title. So there's nothing to really say that, oh, they definitively can't do it. Right. And they've been proving that they are right in the conversation. And so same thing with this Pascal Siakam having to be the go-to scorer. Now, I totally agree. There's going to be half-court possessions where Pascal Siakam is going to have to manufacture points and we, uh, and he's going to have to get to the line or whatever it may be to just stop uh, a, you know, an offensive drought or whatever it may be. But we've seen over these four games that Fred Van Vliet is showing that he might actually be the Raptors' best initiator. Yep, His ability now to create his own shot, shoot it from deep, get to the basket. And so I think, uh, and again, as you mentioned, with Norman Powell, he's always an X factor every game that he goes into. And I think the thing that's going to be most interesting for me is you mentioned OG Ananobi. His offense in this series is going to be really important along with Marc Gasol's because the one thing the Celtics love to do is to really just gang up on someone. And I think that's part of why uh, they were able to sweep the Sixers. You know, despite Embiid putting up some big numbers, every time Embiid got the ball, they kind of sold out on him and they were like, hey, we'll worry about everyone else later. And so the same way there's going to be possessions where the Celtics are going to choose to double up or whatever it may be on Pascal and really pressure the ball. And then when it gets when it swings to OG, when it gets to, to Mark, they've mm-hmm. got to be shot ready mm-hmm. instead of just you know trying to keep it ticking over or whatever it may be. So as we're talking about these little details that are going to matter, let's talk about the two guys are, who are going to make those little details matter the most: Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens. Yes. Now, Nick Nurse is who everyone says Brad Stevens is. Correct. So let's start with him. His ability to make adjustments. I mean, we even saw in that game, too, when the Nets made their adjustments. Over the course of the game, the Raptors showed no panic. It was like, okay, this is what the Nets are doing. We're going to figure out a way. We're going to get through this. And over the course of the 48 minutes, they wore the Nets down and they got the W. I mean, you see, he's not willing, uh, you know, he's not willing to uh, sacrifice anything. Uh, I mean, there isn't anything he he's not willing to sacrifice because you look at the lineup that closed that game too. That lineup played two minutes all regular season. And he's not, you know, a Mike Budenholzer who's going to say, oh, well, you know, this is how we did it all throughout the regular season. So we're not going to stop now. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is someone that genuinely feels the game and says, hey, this is what I feel is going to give us the best possible chance to win. These are the five guys that are playing the best right now. Those are the five that I need to roll with. Exactly. Again, I think this is going to be such a fascinating matchup. What are your thoughts on Brad Stevens? (sighs) Brad Stevens is like, if I have to put together an NFL equivalent coach, (laughs) The way that people kind of hyped up, hmm. actually, you know what? No, I'm not even going to go that far. See how Sean Payton, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Sean Payton came in and everyone was just like, you know, he's he's this young guy when he got to the Saints. And, like, you know, he took the Saints and he revitalized the offense and then eventually he won a Super Bowl and everything else. But then, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot much. Now, 
Brad Stevens hasn't even gone to the finals yet. Um, I understand that, you know, the cards that he's been dealt, he's always had young talent. Um, and he's been able to be like, you know, kind of like that young talent whisperer, right? Because he was the guy when he was in Butler and then, you know, wanting to have Gordon Hayward so that he has that synergy and whatnot and that chemistry with him. But there's nothing about Brad Stevens that I look at and just like, yeah, this guy is an amazing coach. Like he's, He's not better than Spo in Miami, mm-hmm. like he's not better than Spo at all. But then when I look at what Nick Nurse has done, just in terms of the fact that he's so unconventional with his approach and he's willing to do whatever, are we forgetting that this man brought a box and one in the <laughs> NBA Finals? So what are we even talking about here? Because Nick Nurse presented a blueprint which is actually not even a blueprint. He just presented an unconventional way to bring back defenses in ways that people had not seen before because really it was just man-to-man or it was zone. But this guy is bringing out so many different looks that I can't look at a Brad Stevens and think that, you know, he's some kind of wizard because where is that, where did, where is that even coming from? He hasn't even won Coach of the Year. Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year. Brad Stevens has not. So what are we talking about here? Hey, I'll I'll say this. I don't know when's the last time uh, an opposing player was asked who's the toughest player that's guarded him. Yep. And he said, it's not a player. It's it's a team. team. Yep. (laughs) That was Jason Tatum. And those are the kind of problems that Nick Nurse poses, right? Because offensive players they don't know what's coming there's nothing they can really adapt to because nick nurse is constantly changing what they're getting looks at and so when you're constantly getting different defensive schemes whether it's a box and one whether it's a triangle and two whether it's man to man uh you know whether it's a two three zone you know and and then individually you know, sometimes you're matched up with OG. Sometimes you're matched up with Pascal Siakam. All of a sudden, yep. you know, there's Norman Powell. That, and the list goes on because guess what? Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, they can hold their own in the post too. And so all those different looks, I think, make it so difficult to plan for. Uh, and Nick Nurse's greatest strength, of course, is his flexibility. Um, and, I, and I think, frankly, it's something that keeps the players happy too because – they have no egos in the sense that, oh, you know, I need to be a starter. Like Norm at the beginning of training camp said, yeah, I want that starting two-guard position. But it didn't happen. And guess what? He had his best season yet. Because yep. he knows – Nick Nurse has established that, hey, if you do your job, if you do everything that's asked of you, there's every chance you will close the game anyway. Yep. And that's the thing. Like Nick Nurse calling guys out publicly has been such a breath – of fresh air because I wish Dwayne Casey did that. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Because he would always like, you know, just be like, you know, it's about the guys and guys need to step up. It's like, no, this person in particular needs to step up if they want to get more minutes, get more opportunities and contribute to winning basketball games. You need to have that. I, I would have loved to see like, you know, what Nick Nurse would have been able to bring out of DeMar if he was a head coach. Like, we're in, we're in a series against the Cavs, and he's just like, yo, DeMar needs to step up. He's not doing what needs to be done, and we can't just rely on Kyle and everybody else to, you know, carry us through. 
Now yeah. imagine if we had that kind of energy. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't get swept by LeBron James. I'm just saying. But yeah. it's the fact that Nick Nurse is not afraid to challenge guys because this guy has coached everywhere, in yeah. every level, in in Britain, in the G League, in the NBA. So it's just like this guy knows how to communicate with people. This guy knows different tendencies. There is literally nothing this man has not seen. You know what I'm saying? From from offensive sets to defensive schemes. This guy has seen everything all over the world. That's why when you have somebody who is able to reach into his deep bag of defensive schemes and be like, oh, you know what? Let me pull out a box of one. Let me do all this. Somebody who has that kind of frame of mind I'm not worried about Brad Stevens and what he did in Butler. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Nick Nurse has been a coach longer than Brad Stevens has pretty much been alive. <laughs> so it's just like, what are we comparing right now? Like, this guy is a he is a defensive-minded coach first. He's not even an offensive-minded guy. He's a defensive-minded coach first, which is why he presses on his guys to commit to defense. Because if you're not committing to defense, you're not playing. And that is such an amazing approach. But at the same time, he wants guys to get shots. He wants guys to get opportunities. And he's going to be like, look, the opportunity is there. Are you going to take advantage of it? Yes or no? Kyle upped his numbers. Pascal upped his numbers. Fred upped his numbers. Everybody upped his numbers. We have six guys who are averaging 10 plus. We have five guys averaging 15 plus. Which has not happened since the seventies. Hey, when you're in Nick Nurse's house, everybody eats, and when everybody eats, everybody's happy. It's the, it's really that simple, and like you know, Nick having Nick Nurse being the coach of the Toronto Raptors has given me so much confidence. I don't even know what to do with myself because <laughs> I've been so accustomed to living in fear and having an inferiority complex. Just like, well, I don't know. Maybe like I, I just I just want us to win a game. I just want us to win a series. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. for the longest time, it was just like, okay, I just want to get out the first round. I just want to get out the first round. And then mm-hmm. when we got out the first round in 2016, I was just like, oh my god, we got out the first round. This is great. I didn't expect us to beat Miami, but then what happened? We beat Miami. I was like, holy crap, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like yeah. we just got there by accident. I wasn't anticipating that we were gonna beat the Cavs, but then we took two games off of them. Yeah, we lost in six, but we were two games closer to the finals than we ever were in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, back-to-back sweeps happen. And then Nick Nurse comes in. And then the first year we win a title, it's like, wait, what? And then it's just like, even down to just Nick Nurse's personality and the fact that he has his own merch. And he has, him and the entire coaching staff have a bracelet that says, expect to win ASO, August, September, October. That is brilliant. That is instilling championship mindset. And that's from top down because that's from Masai. Because Masai came into the building just like, yo, we're going to win a championship regardless. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's going to happen. And it happened. And the thing is, it's like, we're not just satisfied with just one. We want to win more. And that's why when it was said that, you know, we're not defending a championship, we're attacking another one. I was just like, yes. Yep. Yes. Keeping that same energy, keeping that same mindset of the fact that, you know, look, people want to overlook us. People are going to overlook Toronto anyways just because of the geographical fact that we are in Toronto, Canada. That is why people are going to overlook us anyway because we're not in the American market, so we're not going to get as much respect. But but in that same breath, 
it's like you need to understand that that chip on our shoulder, that's never going to go away. It doesn't matter, you know, when Kyle Lowry leaves. Whoever walks into the building and you put on a Raptors uniform, you know what you're playing for. And you're always going to have that chip on your shoulder. We could have six rings and we're still going to be playing like we're going after our first one. And that is the mentality and that's the attitude that I get from when Nick Nurse is at the helm coaching his team. And you see it when the, when the Raptors play. They're playing for Nick Nurse, but they're playing for each other as well. Because we've seen a lot of sweeps. We've seen us falter in a lot of playoff games. And really, the disconnect between players and coach and players themselves, it's been very evident. And the fact that these guys are connected on a string and are able to like be very much aligned in not only on the court, but in, this, in, in mentality, it's just like, look, there is a bigger job that needs to be done, and we are not satisfied with just one win, with just one series win, with just getting advancing to the next round. It's about that Larry OB, and no that's really question. what it is. Absolutely. And, you know, I think from that standpoint, when people say, oh, the Raptors don't have a superstar, it's because they don't have someone that – you know, even craves that type of attention or is saying, I need to put up those type of numbers, right? Everything is about winning. And so, yeah, maybe you could run way more through Siakam and he'd put up these monstrous numbers and he'd be talking way more and you'd be like, oh, that's a superstar. Or, you know, Kyle would be more selfish or whatever it may be. But this team, like, look at this series. It's like, yeah, Fred has the hot hand, so we're just going to ride him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pascal's not saying, oh, no, I got to get my touches. And that's what makes this team so incredible to watch. Now, with all the pieces the Raptors have, obviously the Celtics have their depth as well. Uh, what do you think the Raptors need most? So, you know, I, I want to ask you this in a way that, say, for example, we know we're, we're going to get Nick Nurse's adjustments. We know what we're going to get from Kyle, you know, we don't know what, what his health status is right now, but we know what we'll get from him. We know right now what we'll get from Fred, or I, I honestly feel pretty confident in what we're going to get out of a surge or a norm, but who is maybe the one person or the one aspect of someone's game that you're saying, hmm, I don't know, but if we get that, it's a wrap. I am going to be interested in seeing what... Marcus Saul can do mm. in terms of taking advantage of their lack of size. Because if they're going to be scrambling trying to defend Pascal and Fred and Kyle, then that's going to leave the door open for Gasol to get busy in the paint. And even if he's not scoring, he could facilitate. If they want to collapse, if they want to throw zones and and whatnot and take their chances on, on with three-pointers, we have good shooters on this team. You know what I'm saying? So I think this is going to be a big series for Marcus All. And if he can be an effective facilitator, but even a bully in the paint, then it's going to be a really long or short series for the Celtics. But I know that they can adjust as well. Because I look at it like this. Joel Embiid... For as much as the Sixers overall are, weren't a very good team, Joel Embiid was still able to get busy in the paint. 
he was That's still he was still able to take advantage of their lack of size, and he was able to essentially do whatever he wants. Now, if you put Joel Embiid on this team and go against the same Celtics team, then that's a short series. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good point. I think it's really important for the bigs to be scoring uh, when they get the opportunities against the Celtics. Uh, but I'm going to go on the flip side with Serge because I know offensively what he's going to provide mm-hmm. and, and the energy that he's going to provide. But the one thing I'm looking for is when he's defending the pick and roll. And we saw this over and over and over when the Raptors played the Celtics on Christmas mm-hmm. and Serge was dropping in that coverage. They're trying to, you know, prevent that uh, dribble penetration, but Kemba, he's, he's money from mid range. So he was taking that open shot all day, every right. day. Right. And so I don't think the Raptors can defend uh, the Kemba pick and roll that way. We've seen, frankly, over the course of these playoffs with, with any team that's kind of playing that drop coverage, uh, you're going to get burned uh, with, with how well these teams are shooting the ball. And so I think the same way Mark's offense is a little bit of a question mark in terms right. of not, not knowing what you're going to get, uh, I would say Serge's defense in that pick and roll, that's something that if he's on point with it, if the Raptors are winning those minutes, then I, I, I feel pretty good about their chances. Yeah, Jordan. yes. Oh, is there anything you wanted to add? Oh, honestly, no, I'm just saying, yeah, uh, Serge is definitely going to be a factor as well. That pick-and-roll defense is going to be uh, very important to defend, but I think that the guys are ready for the challenge because, look, these guys had to go up against uh, uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they had to go up against uh, 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 MVP Giannis um, and Malcolm Brogdon, you know what I'm saying? Malcolm Brogdon was, like, their second-best player. we had to go up against like you know a, a Jimmy Butler and a JJ Redick and Embiid and, and Simmons. So these guys have been battle tested, and the Celtics are not going. The Celtics are not presenting a, any more any much more of a significant threat that they didn't see last year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The only difference is like what are you going to contribute on the offensive end in order to match their scoring that they can do. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a fun series. I'm really looking forward to it, man. Oh, fun. Absolutely. All the way. Jordan, this was a blast. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything you would like to plug? You got any any more uh, Toronto Star op-eds coming out? You got a podcast coming soon? <laughs> what, what, what can we look out for you? Uh, man, I was that op-ed kind of just like fell into my lap, and I was happy to do that. So I appreciate all the support and feedback that I've been getting from that. Uh, I don't even know if there's going to be another one down the line, but who who even knows? In 2020, I there's just so many uh, unexpected things that come about, so who knows? But yes, uh, the Yostix podcast is available on all platforms: Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud as well. Um, new episodes every Thursday. I try my best to drop every Thursday. There will be one coming up this uh, upcoming Thursday, uh, and also just to support Black businesses, all of them. Doesn't matter if they're big or they're small. Make it uh, part of your you know, daily routine as if you were going to your favorite coffee shop or anything like that, just make it something that is second nature that you don't even have to think about. You know what I mean? So that is what I will say. 
Thank you so much for that message, Jordan. And remember, listeners, you can follow Jordan on Twitter as Mr. Underscore Sticks. That's S-T-I-X-X on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Raptors. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review. Remember, that's an important part of what we do. Take care. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 